Hey you, don't do that, do this. My name's Bob Gordon, welcome to Hibernation, a podcast about how people are getting on with life and being creative during this isolation period known as COVID-19. I'm joined by singer, songwriter, musician, director, poet, writer, author, many things, Amina Hughes. Amina, how are you doing? Hi, not too bad. That's good. Crazy times, hey? It is crazy times. Um, I just as uh, no- noticed on the news section of your website that you reached a semi-finalist stage of uh, in the Filmatic Short Screenplay Awards for your screenplay, The Yard. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, the second accolade for that one. I've only just sort of sent that out into the world. So the first one did really well, got me over to a few places in the States and um, sort of, yeah, giving this one a go and seeing um, what the reception is, I suppose. Yeah. It's um, interesting because it's been a uh, kind of an indoors uh, year so far for everybody. Um, for you, your, your work is still making its way around the world even if you can't go there yeah well um that's the great thing about writing i suppose and you know getting um submitting things to awards you know you can still do that as a musician as well with uh compositions and music videos so sort of yeah there are lots of ways to still get get your work out there and still be connected with an international community which i very much am which is definitely um, a saviour at this kind of time. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to March when the uh, when WA went into its isolation mode and we're very fortunate at the moment uh, compared to many other places. But, I mean, your your story in, in this time has been one of, um, well, resilience and um, creative resilience and, uh, yeah, when things uh, haven't looked so great actually just you know persisting uh and getting through in in really meaningful ways so so let's go back to when uh i guess early mid-march when when things really slowed down and um you uh kicked off that period not feeling too well no i actually got really sick in march um i was sick with suspected covid but um the Premier had not opened up testing here, so I was really, um, I had 11 out of 12 symptoms. I was struggling to breathe so much so that I couldn't sleep. Um, there were a few nights there that I really, really struggled and I ended up being taken to hospital by ambulance. And mm. I was told by the emergency doctors that I, that there was a virus attacking my respiratory system that, um, it could very well be COVID. They weren't allowed to test me as per orders from above, which seems absolutely crazy. But um, at the time, it was return travellers and, and their contacts only and um, essential workers. But, yeah, so that it was a really scary time and I was basically sent home and told to um, isolate. I wasn't allowed to leave my courtyard for a month, but I actually was quite sick for about eight weeks. Wow. Um, and I didn't go back to my, my work. I did a little bit of work from home and um yeah it was just a really scary time you know i've had pneumonia twice before when i was living in ireland and i've never had a night like that before where i couldn't breathe um, to that extent so it sort of i guess what it did really for me psychologically was it made me retreat a bit further when when i saw my friends starting to go out and 
first uh, just meet each other and then go into rehearsal rooms and now they're all doing gigs and I'm still sort of coming out of my shell because I've been um, sort of experiencing ongoing symptoms as well. I've had some relapses and lingering issues, mostly fatigue, but a few other things. And it's just like, I don't know if I had COVID, but I feel like I did, but I also hope I didn't because of all the ongoing issues we know now with yeah. um, you know, people's organs and things. So I'm just, it's just really, it's been a very strange time and I'm still not quite right. So I've been very much in a, in a cave and in a bubble at home, which has now, um, it's slowly been gaining momentum in creative ways and that's really building up now. So I've, um, I'm quite enjoying being in my little cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you, you know, talking about it. It's, um, God, at the very least, you know, pretty unsettling, but like also the added notion of, well, it still is a mystery, but, you know, in March and then through April, it must have been terrifying because the whole thing was so completely mysterious and then you couldn't even get tested. So not surprising, uh, if I could put it bluntly, that it kind of did a number on you. Yeah, it has thrown me a bit, you know. And I mean, by the time they opened up testing, it was I was on day 45 of symptoms. And I, and I, you know, I haven't been reading the Daily Mail. I've been reading The Lancet. I've been reading medical journals. And I knew that there was no point getting tested then and that the antibody test was only 50 cents. Um, accurate so I still don't know I'd like to know there is a test that could accurately tell me that Monash University has developed but it won't be available for about six months so it's a little bit frustrating but at the same time I've just had to learn you know to adapt uh, to adopt yeah different techniques in um, emotionally and mentally just to sort of go well how am I going to be kind to myself in this time and um, you know, just do what I can and allow myself to have days where I need to rest more and, and days where I can, you know, start to be really productive. So it's, it's been an interesting little ride. In, in, in terms of like when it's uncertain out, outside in the world with everything that's going on, but the consistent thing in, in your life is your work and your creativity, is it a matter of just getting down to it or knowing that you just have to allow yourself to... Uh, be ready to exert uh, yourself as well create, creatively and within, uh, I don't know, in terms of energy? Yeah, I think that it is really important to create your own little sort of emotional bubble and psychological space where you you have to, like I have to have days where I have a complete media blackout where I just say I'm not going to watch the news, I'm not going to, you know, everything's off, Facebook's off, my phone's off. Um, some days that's the only way I can actually focus and, and create. And some of those days can be quite blissful, you know, um, because it, the the news and um, what's happening all around the world, it's, it's very draining. It's very, very draining. And, you know, I mean, if you're in a, in a position where you can block out the news, where, you know, you can block out these things that aren't directly impacting on your daily life then you're actually very lucky I think it's quite a privileged position to be in but you know certainly a lot of us particularly here in Perth are able to do that and really to just sort of then focus on well what am I you know I've got limited energy uh what am I going to spend it on I've been very lucky um you know that last year I was in New York and I met with a music industry coach called Suzanne Polinsky and I've been in a, in a group session recently with Eleanor Cox, um, who coaches people in the film industry. So I guess I've got, 
you know, with my connections in music and film, I've got um, two different communities, I suppose, but also two different streams of, of coaching and advice. And, and some of the, the stuff that they've been um, offering up has been really helping me through this period. It's, it's very easy to get depressed and overwhelmed and experience anxiety, anxiety around the pandemic. Um, but also particularly for the creatives, um, to be very hard on ourselves and feel like we're not doing enough. We're not producing good work, time's slipping by, and we haven't, you know, written that novel, we haven't prepared our next album, and to really whip ourselves for what we perceive ultimately as failure, while our industries have been put on hold. And as you, you know, would know, as everyone knows, depression is such a huge issue, mm. um, particularly in creative industries. So, you know, a lot of the advice that I've sort of received is around self-care, having compassion for ourselves and understanding a few things. Number one, that there's a lot to process in this time, which takes up a lot of our energy. And allowing ourselves the time and space to do that processing, to loosen deadlines. Um, you know, we all have to-do lists and, and busy schedules and things that we want to achieve in a day, you know, rather than having three or four things to do, just to have one, just focus on one thing you want to achieve today and then celebrate having done that thing, and then also, uh, you know, looking at whatever fills your well, whatever makes you feel better and more relaxed or brings you joy, whether it's playing guitar or walking in nature and giving double time to that thing in your schedule. Um, you know, so there's, there's sort of lots of different ways that, you know, thinking about um, who you want to be, that's the best possible version of yourself in this moment, how you're contributing kindness outwardly and inwardly, uh, which um, Eleanor talks about as, as having a role model mindset and how, um, you know, focusing on, on gratitude and, and appreciation for what, not only for what you have, but what you did manage to achieve today can really help you to reframe the way that you look at how you're handling things and therefore how you're feeling and sort of focusing on, on techniques like that. I mean, I have a whiteboard up in my room where I've written some of these, you know, dot points of, you know, feel your well, yeah. <laughs> give double time, and you know, just little notes of like, okay, don't forget, it takes a lot of energy to process this stuff. Give yourself that time. It's okay, you know, to work slower. I find that in working slower, I'm, I'm able to work in a way that's more focused. You know, so I have things that I'll do. Like I said, I'll come into my home studio and turn everything, you know, internet and turn off the uh, my phone for an hour and just go, right, I'm just going to write this thing for an hour and block everything else out. And then, you know, I find that something that if I dilly-dallied or I kept getting up making tea or checking Twitter or something, you know, could take me four hours um, to write something that if I just sit there and focus for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, I can, bam, I've got it done. And then I can, you know dilly-dally for a couple of hours without feeling guilty and just give myself time to just sit in the garden and look at flowers and you know I've been doing a lot of that because I've been filming and you know it's I think that you really have to sort of just uh, really focus on um, a different approach to your work in this time and one that is definitely full of, of self-compassion. Well at the start of COVID I managed to tear a disc in my lower back and um, so I was kind of laid out and, you know, it was like a physical injury that it, it just takes time kind of thing. But, you know, wasn't feeling 100% and probably closer to feeling 100 years old, really. 
and I just, you know, there were like half hourly or hourly updates on, on everything that was going on with uh, the pandemic and um, I, I kind of felt like, I almost, I felt, almost felt like I had it, you know, I didn't, I just felt, you know, really laid out and, and everything, but I, I, as one who tends to dwell on things and go down rabbit holes of and ponderances, I thought, what can I do to, um, to you know, to keep uh, active and um, um, productive, and that's one reason I did a podcast because I can uh, I could start it by and I could still be laying on my back. It's also about sort of flexibility, isn't it? And and you indicated some flexibility in, in in terms of how you work and and not feeling the guilt for not uh, doing as much in a day as you would have this time last year. Um, it mm-hmm. really is about being, and you see it play out in social media, maybe perhaps with people who maybe aren't focused and aren't flexible in, in terms of adjusting their life a bit. You, you really need to be able to, don't you? I think so. And I think that we have an advantage in that way as creatives because most people in creative industries don't do one thing because it's very hard to make money just from, you know, make a living from doing one thing. So, you know, I work in film and music and I'm a photographer and, and I, I have a whole range of things that I do you know, which is, is a great source of joy for me and keeps things interesting. Um, but it's also about, you know, if I go into schools or prisons or wherever and run film writing workshops, that's a source of income, you know, that I can't get because I'm in between drinks when it comes to um, film work or something like that. So it's, I think that we are sort of programmed to be more adaptable in that way already. So it's sort of really about harnessing that skill I mean, there are, there are definitely projects that I'm doing at the moment, um, things that I've started doing during this whole COVID period that I would never have done otherwise. And that's actually really interesting for me because my my life is suddenly taking a different direction through this. I started a, a three-month mentorship with Women in Film and Television Australia in April in writing and directing because I was writing a feature screenplay. And my, um, my aim sort of between then in September was to finish the next draft of a, a feature I'm writing, which um, hasn't been that successful. I've been working on it sporadically, but I've found that I'm doing some other things as well. So, you know, it's great to have something to focus on. But, I mean, one, one of the wonderful things that, that's happened during this time, I think, that, uh, is that there, is, there are things that were previously inaccessible or that cost money mm-hmm. um, that have now become accessible to everyone through Zoom interviews, online webinars, uh, courses in creative industries. So I've been able to watch, uh, you know, attend some masterclasses put up by Sundance Festival, for example. Um, I've seen more of these things happening in film than I have in music, I have to say. Um, but there's, there's just been a lot of ways to connect with people online and to get access to information that, that we, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be able to because we weren't members or because we didn't want to pay all this money before. And through my mentorship, there's a, there was a splinter group of writers and directors, all women, um, that came out of that. We've been meeting every week, sharing where we're at, offering each other support and accountability for our projects. And, you know, having that community, it's really been wonderful. So um, I've I've begun now an interview series involving um, film practitioners um, that's going to be coming up soon. And I've also, in music, I've just uh, recently become the international correspondent for Around the Sound magazine. Um, And my first interview went up yesterday with an Irish jazz festival director. 
and and what I've been quite focused on actually, having said all of that, the main thing I've been doing is I started making a short film in isolation. I was very frustrated, and this is definitely about <laughs> adaptability. Um, I've you know directed a bunch of music videos, and I was due to direct my first drama this year, which was put on hold because of of COVID. So. I was lamenting that back to my mother, who used to be a theatre actress, and she said, well, why don't you make a film in isolation and I'll be in it? Mm-hmm. So um, we decided to make a film about an older woman coping with being in isolation. So I've been shooting it myself with very limited equipment. Um, I'm starting to edit it as well. Um, I'm used to having a director of photography and bigger lights and a full crew, but I'm just I, – and I could actually rent – you know, bigger gear and a better camera, but I've just there's been something really nice about just looking at well, what do I have? What do I have, and what can I do with what I have? And it's been really lovely um, filming it myself at my own pace. It's almost been meditative, so it's sort of acted as an antidote to what's going on in the world. And and then moving forward, I think editing will act as an antidote to me. You know, writing more on my feature screenplay, which is about some, you know, a hard topic as well. So there's been, um, you know, like I said, days when I just had the media blackout and then I've just turned off the news and I've just sat in the garden filming crystals hanging in the rain and things like that and it's acted as a, a kind of meditation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely doing things that I would I was not planning to be doing in this time. It, it's a lemons to lemonade story. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's just about thinking outside the box. And, you know, I, I just constantly come back to, you know, I've also experienced quite a lot of grief in this time because being connected to an international community, I, I do know people who've had COVID and been in hospital. I do know people who've died, right, yeah. um, which is not the usual Perth story, I think. So that's, that has impacted on me quite emotion, um, you know, heavily on an emotional level. You know, I've also... I lost a huge opportunity that I'm still coming to terms with overseas in, in the States, actually, that would have seen me moving to the States um, oh. early next year. And I am, which is huge, you know, as a film practitioner and a musician, it's just huge. And it's, I've now lost that because of the immigration ban. I've um, lost a massive opportunity there. So I'm only just starting to tell people about that now. I didn't even tell anyone that that, that was on the cards. But, oh, okay. You know, in case I just wanted to wait until it was presented, and as it turns out, um, you know, all this happened. So there's been a lot of grief, I think, for a lot of people in these industries to do with lost opportunities as well. You know, where projects have been suspended, but also just um, cancelled, things have shut down. You know, there there are opportunities that people have lost, and that's. I think it's really important for people to acknowledge their grief and allow themselves to say, well, you know, that really sucks. And that really hurts, and I'm really sad about that. And to allow yourself a period of grieving over those things, and then, you know, then to move into a stage where you say, well, what have I got, and what can I do with what I've got? What can I create here? What can I make happen in this within the bounds of this new world that yeah. we're living in? Well, that's the most important step, contemporarily, to work with what you have or or what you haven't got. And uh, clearly, you, um, you're doing that. Just in, in, in terms of how you're so diverse and, and versatile with your, your, your artistic uh, nature and, and the pursuits, because it's, it's interesting because um, while, while you're maintain 
constant activity and consistent activity across the various forms that that you concentrate on, and there's a, a, a bunch of them. Some artistic people they'll you know focus on on one, and maybe the others become things on the side. But you've really pursued uh, each equally. How has that been difficult, or is it just the 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 passion to do it makes it so? Well, it became impossible many years ago when I was living in Sydney, and I think I actually burnt out. Um, I was living there for four years, uh, constantly gigging and working in, on feature films. You know, worked on a Hollywood feature film, and was running, you know, running from set to gig. Like I definitely learnt never to do that. You know, when you're filming for anywhere between eight to fifteen hours a day, and then trying to be a musician, it's just and not a good idea. So I, I really burnt out and I drove back over to Perth and um, had to sort of think about things. And I decided that I took a break from the film industry. So I decided I was just going to focus on music um, for a while. So I, was, I went to Ireland and I was there for seven years and I started doing photography over there as well. But essentially I was just sort of being a musician and I was singing on, on um, other people's albums um, and then, you know, eventually uh, put out my own album uh, mm. that I recorded, you know, over there and in the States, in Nashville and Virginia and Germany. And, um, you know, so I was really focused on the music thing. And then when I came back to Australia, I did, you know, release the album, but I also sort of thought, well, now I want to, you know, get back into film. And, um, but I decided that I'd been an assistant director for many years and I decided that I wanted to come back in as a writer-director, which is, you know, what I trained in. And, um, yeah, so I'm sort of now, in a way, equally pursuing both. But the, the way that I do that is to be project-based. You know, I've, I've had a lot of naysayers. I've had a lot of pressure. You know, I've had people say that you can't do both. And, you know, I, I particularly feel this in Australia you know, when are you going to decide what you want to be when you grow up kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I've spent quite a bit of time in the States and it's the opposite there. I, I feel nothing but encouragement, you know, where people say, oh, wow, you know, you do all this, that's amazing. How wonderful. You know, they want to celebrate that thing and they want to get in on it. They want to say, let's collaborate on some stuff. Wow, you know, we could make a film together and you could write the music and it, it just everything is celebrated there when you have all these um, different avenues that you work in and it, it's very much the opposite here so I really do it's something I come up against I mean it, it's just a different mindset here so um but in general I'm sort of I'm not worried anymore I've taken the pressure off myself to be you know this as a musician in the modern world I'm supposed to be doing xyz every day and I'm supposed to be you know doing all of this stuff with my social media and I'm supposed to be blah 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 and there's so much to do with marketing and you know existing in the digital world and um I've taken all of that pressure off I don't I do gigs when I want to do them I do gigs that are nice that Mm -hmm. are nice venues that are nice gigs I'm not out doing the pub scene anymore I've I've I'm just not doing that anymore yeah um you know, my gig, my my show is a very much a sit down listening audience, and it's a storytelling show, and it's very lyrics focused, and that's the show that I do, and I go and do that show when I feel like it's it'd be nice to do a show, which is a luxury, I suppose. But um, I just don't want to slog it out in venues anymore where people are talking 
drinking, eating, not listening. I'm just like, I'm just, I did, I did that for so long. Um, you know, I did that in Melbourne for six months when I came back to Australia as well. And it, um, it can be so destroying to be constantly doing that because that's how you need to make a living. So I've sort of thought, well, there are other ways I can make money. I can make a living and, you know, um, I've sort of, yeah, like I said, let go of that pressure now that people try to put on me all the time. Um, you know, I suggest that I'm scattered or unfocused. Actually, I'm very focused. I'm focused on one project at a time. And if that project is an album or if it's a film or if it's a music video or something, or if it's something I'm writing, um, if it's a screenplay, then that's my project. That's my current project. And the fact that I am a creative in with, you know, different mediums is absolutely fine by me. And um, other people can think what they want. Basically. Yeah. So as much as one can look forward now because, uh, well, you know, in- infrastructures are sort of uh, gone or they're not what they were and, and in terms of how you, you know, plan your time ahead and, and your projects, um, what where is your mind at in terms of like planning ahead? And is it more at the, more than ever just driven by the art now and not so much about the deadlines or the necessities of once a work is created, how it gets out there? Are you more inside the work just because of how things are at the moment? Yeah, I think it's partly due to how things are at the moment, but also just, you know, as you get older, you sort of definitely definitely connect more with what's really important in life, which is, you know, for most people, family and friends and relationships. So, you know, I try to sort of focus on having a good, life balance, work life balance, looking after my myself emotionally, my mental health, having uh, you know, definite projects and goals and ambitions. But basically yeah, making time now to spend with my family, which I didn't used to do very often. because yeah. uh, I like well even last year I had four days off in the entire year, which is, you know, no good. So now I, I have family day and um try to sort of be a lot more balanced with that kind of thing. Um but yeah, I think so. You know, and a lot of it with the with the projects, you know, there are goals and ambitions and points I want to get to. But most of it really is just focusing on the present. It's about right now. Um, what's my project that I'm working on right now? How can I, rather than see it as a big looming, overwhelming thing um, that is so hard to you know finish? Um, well, it breaks breaking things down into smaller goals and saying, well. What am I going to get done by the end of this week? And what am I going to get done by the end of next week or, you know, this month or next month? And just sort of focusing on those things. So I think that, you know, you can have, you can sit at home and have lofty goals and dreams and ambitions for years and the phone is never going to ring. No one's going to call you up and say, hey, we've heard that you're amazing. Come and do this thing. You have to work. So even if you're not getting paid, even if you're, doing something, a project you've instigated yourself. You have to create the work and, you know, you have to work hard. And then it's what you put out into the world. It's the work that will speak for itself that will get you, you know, the recognition here or overseas or, or anywhere else. It reminded me, I um, talk about frustrating. I, I went last year, the reason I was in New York was for the Independent Music Awards. I was nominated um, as a songwriter, and I didn't win, but I had a fantastic <laughs> 12 days. Mm. Um, 
with a, you know, an award ceremony that was in a Broadway theatre. It was very exciting. And then this year I was nominated twice and it was, I couldn't go because of, of COVID. New York obviously was in absolute um, crisis. Um, so they held the event, um, the event online and I won both awards. Oh yeah, congrats. <laughs> and it was really frustrating and I won as a songwriter and as a director of mm. music videos. So really nice actually to have that um, given what I was saying before about, you know, not always receiving support around being in both industries. Um, it was very affirming to win an award in both industries um, on the same night, For the sure. same thing. But really, um, you know, uh, disappointing that um, that I couldn't be there uh, this this year, you know, and, and have that whole experience. But obviously, much more important, um, much more importantly, devastating uh, to see what was what was happening in New York at the time. How do you think? You'll look back on this time, this this year. I mean, we say 2020 is it's often spoken about like this whole thing on January 1st, 2021, it'll be done because we'll look back on this year. But, you know, these things obviously um, got legs, if you will. But say in, I don't know, 10 years, how you'll look back on uh, this year because it's it really did serve you lemons and you've been making lemonade, I'll say again, and because it's, it's been a sort of a year of uh, ups and downs for you in, in different to what you or any of us have encountered before. How do you think you'll look back on it? Well, this is something I'm actually very conscious of and I'm, I guess I'm sort of quite determined um, while being gentle with myself and the way I approach things, I'm quite determined to make it the year uh, retrospectively that I took initiative, uh, used to my advantage, quietly worked away on some little projects and that you know I could come out of it with rather than the year I had a nervous breakdown because everything was <laughs> so crazy. Because, you know, it's a it's a fine line, I think, for creatives at, at the best of times sometimes. And, you know, certainly with all the pressures and people losing losing work and momentum and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm very conscious of that and I'm I'm sort of I guess striving every day to again to ask myself that question, what can I do with what I have? Yeah, and, and that's, I guess, because I'm thinking about how I'm going to look back on it as well. And it's it's an opportunity, you know. I, I love that um, thing that I'm toting in a bot shop now, the Chinese character that is, um, you know, that combines chaos and, and opportunity, something mm. like that. I'm paraphrasing. But I mm. think that, um, you know, every, every crisis situation presents opportunities as well in there, not just for personal growth, but for maybe making you come to some kind of realisation or sending you in a different direction you wouldn't otherwise have gone. And, you know, for some for some people, you know, creative, I mean, as writers, as songwriters, screenwriters, uh, directors in pre-production, I mean, for some of us, um, there are ways to absolutely take advantage of a few months at home where we're not allowed to go out, we're not allowed to go um, do the work that we would normally do. You know, so it's just about sort of going, oh, you know, great, I've got this time at home where everyone's just going to leave me alone. What can I do with it? Um, what do I want to do with it? Um, but, yeah, having said that, needing to couple that with the compassion and, and say, well, you know what, I couldn't do anything today. I'll, tomorrow will be better because mm. you're going to have days like that. Well, on that note, Amina Hughes, thank you for hibernating with me on Hibernation. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for joining me on Hibernation. Until the next time, look after each other. We're worth it. Bye.